Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Chronicles from the Crypt. <laughs> Casualty Chris. And this is Father Malone. And we are the hosts of Chronicles from the Crypt, a twice a month look at the horror anthology series that you love and so do I, Tales from the Crypt. Now, on each of these podcasts, we do two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And along the way, in between seasons, we do uh, bonus episodes based on sort of tangentially related Crypt ephemera, uh, including one. The next episode is going to be one of those. And I can't wait to talk about the next episode. But until then, we got to get through this episode. We have to get through the final two episodes of season four, Werewolf Concerto and Curiosity Killed. So Werewolf Concerto aired September 9th, 1992. It is directed by Steve Perry, written by Scott Nimmerfro. And it stars a whole bunch of people. Dennis Harina, Timothy Dalton, Beverly D'Angelo, Reginald Vell Johnson. Charles Fleischer is there for, what did he, wandered off the Demon Knight set? Um, sure did. And Wolfgang Puck. Inexplicably. For, for whatever reason, in the mountain Classing resort. Classing it up. So the episode focuses on Timothy Dalton as a werewolf hunter who is at a hotel at the same time a werewolf seems to be going berserk. Coincidence? I don't think so. 
Also, <laughs> is it kind of weird that Walter uh, Walter Gotell and Timothy Dalton are in a movie together that are in an episode of this, and they were also in James Bond movies <laughs> together? I think it's uh, wildly appropriate. Well, I agree. You're not going to get any disagreement out of me. I also I also love my favorite thing about Walter Gotell as being a fu- fan of the X Files. He plays Klemper in the X Files. Hmm. I had forgotten that. But uh, boy, this is a real, real, real waste of everybody's time. And I'm not just talking about the people watching it. Yeah. I mean. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Werewolf Concerto, as most episodes of Tales from the Crypt, was not based on a Tales from the Crypt comic. It's based on Vault of Horror. Vault of Horror number 16, written and uh, drawn by Johnny Craig, the worst of the EC uh, uh, luminaries. Um, the script for this, the, the episode that we get is very close, uh, to the original comic. Um, in the original comic, it is less of a murder mystery. It's just, uh, that they know that there's a, there's something killing people out there. And, uh, in this case, in, in the comics case, they feel like because the murders have been happening, that they need to uh, hire a, an entertainer who will come and boost the credibility of the hotel once again to uh, reinvigorate uh, sales. So they end up bringing in this uh, opera singer and her giant piano, and uh, then it turns out that, oh my God, she's a vampire. Uh, so uh, that's the spin they put on the episode. They they turned it into more of a who is who who done it, uh, but. Oof. The answer to that question, who cares? Who cares, yeah. Because not only do we get a misdirect, we also get a misdirect on one of the characters being a Nazi. Yeah, that was a little weird, right? Well, I mean, it's a misdirect with inside of a misdirect, and neither one of them land, so great. Yeah, it seems, uh, as a lot of Scott Nemifro's episodes seem, a little overly complicated, uh, while trying to hew toward the uh, the more comedic episodes of the show, which never works. Um, man, doesn't it seem like every time they get a comedic episode, like everyone involved just sort of decides, well, we're going to fucking ham it up now. Whereas if they played it straight, the humor might come off a little uh, more meaningfully. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand is... what it is with the humor in this show. The humor hasn't yet to land. I mean, I think it. I think it landed a little bit with the uh, the Christopher Reeve episode. Uh, uh, you know, but it was still though, horrifying. Like, yeah, a lot of the jo- yeah. It, well, I think a lot of the jokes were like super obvious, but like it seemed that nobody in there was interested in doing a comedic performance. Right. They knew that the situation was comedic, uh, just for its absurdity. So they played it as straight as possible. Always works best. Like, remember, like, Leslie Nielsen, I think most people will think of him as a comedic actor, but, like, his comedy was based on the fact that he wasn't a comedian. So, like, as his career went on, uh, he kept sort of hamming it up and, like, being the clown, like, you know, going for the big laughs, and that's when that sort of nosedive for me. But, like, if you watch him in Airplane or, uh, you know, any the, you know, the Police Squad or the, the, the Naked Gun movies, like... He's he plays it as if this is the most serious thing on earth, and therefore it's like a thousand times funnier. And nobody on Tales from the Crypt ever kind of got that, other than that I think that Christopher Reeve episode, as far as the, the the comedy goes. Like, just like let it play, and we'll enjoy ourselves. Not that it was going to save this episode, which is contrived uh, to the nth degree. Well, and the, like I've said before, it seems like to me 
the episode thinks it's smarter than it actually is. Like, we know yeah. that Timothy Dalton is the werewolf from the get-go. Pretty much. Right? Yep. I mean, I don't think there was a doubt in anyone's mind. Like, you can you can contrive all of these characters, you can throw in a million little Mr. X, but just on a surface level, when you have Timothy Dalton as the lead in your show, he's either going to be the werewolf or he's going to be the twist. Uh, like, that, you know, the twist in this is, ends up being that he's killed by a vampire. So he was either going to be the werewolf or the vampire. Like, he's not some werewolf hunter that just happened to be staying at this this chalet in the middle of nowhere well and like you said if you have timothy dalton who was a big deal in 92 because he was playing james bond or just we just come off of playing james bond yeah i think maybe he had already uh, his time had passed but you know you have him in this episode it's kind of like chris evans in knives out right don't cast him if you, I mean, don't cast him in this if if they're not going to be doing what everyone thinks they're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. You know, don't cast an actor uh, in something like this and not expect us to know that he's going to want to do something against type. You know, that's a perfect example is the Chris Evans thing. He's been Captain America for the past nine years. Like, I wonder if he's going to be the villain of this whodunit that we're watching. And what a shock. That's the case in this episode. Timothy Dalton. And look, the sad thing is, you know, my favorite James Bond is Timothy Dalton. I love Timothy Dalton. Pretty much everything. He's in one of my favorite movies, The Rocketeer. I love him in that as a villain. I love him as James Bond is kind of the doing the dark thing before Daniel Craig even had you know any inkling of an idea he was going to be cast as james bond but to waste him in this episode is such a disappointment really a real disappointment for me yeah there seemed to be a lot of that this season right like uh an actor who you're just like in love with who ends up like not being given much to do at all i mean it's always good to see them he's he's not bad in it necessarily but he deserves better there you know i would like to have seen him in one of our one of the more uh uh sterling episodes that we got this season um just seems he got short shrift he really does and look i mean you've got beverly d'angelo in here as well you have a bunch of folks and they're essentially all given nothing to do you have dennis farina of all people given nothing to do i know right uh then you know okay if i do have a a major problem with the episode it's it's dennis farina's uh, stereotypically gay uh, uh <laughs> concierge or hotel manager whatever the fuck he's doing man it's just like it's a it's a little bit out of hand yeah it's a little bit much but, but let's let's not kid ourselves that's the least worst thing about this episode yeah that's it yeah i mean as far as you know uh what offends me as a viewer i think uh the sort of lazy storytelling is more offensive in this episode yeah, I agree. 100%. The the laziness of the story that's being told is such a bummer that it feels like, like I said at the top of this kind of segment, it's just wasting our time in theirs. And oh, Beverly D'Angelo is the werewolf hunter, but she's a vampire. Who cares? Just who cares? Yeah. Uh, now, if I may uh, 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 throw in a brief autobiographical pause. Uh, now, I knew Scott Nimenfro. He he died just about two years ago. Uh, he was a not a close friend of mine, but uh, an acquaintance of mine. Uh, we spoke every now and then. Um, he ended up writing for the the TV series Hannibal, and his episodes were really good in it. So I, I don't want to besmirch Scott's uh, legacy too much. His episodes of Tales from the Crypt were not great. Um, at the time that this series was going on, and I was living in Los Angeles, 
I was actually hired to write an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and I I chose a, a werewolf episode, which I wrote. And when I turned it in, Scott was like, "Well, we've already got a werewolf episode, so we're not going to be using yours." And uh, it turns out it was his episode, and my episode was better. And I just wanted to say that. <laughs> well, let's not kid ourselves. The bar is set insanely low by how bad this episode. Insanely is. low. I know, man. Like uh, I could have turned in, you know, the worst thing ever, and it was going to be better than this episode. It's just uh, that there's just no magic to what we had to uh, to watch here. This is 100% a skip from me. Yeah, it's a skip for me, too. As much as it pains me to skip an episode that has my favorite James Bond in it, T-Dalt, who's gone on to do so many good things. Like, just his presence in Hot Fuzz alone makes that movie as, ama- as more amazing than it could possibly be. Yeah, and you know what? He ended up uh, showing up on Doctor Who as uh, the... Uh, Doctor Who is a Time Lord. Yeah, that's right. Gallifrey. Yeah, he showed up as like the president of Gallifrey, and man, he he lent such a level of gravitas to the episode that uh, you know, I don't know. I already loved him, and then I loved him even more when I saw him doing that. So he lends a level of gravitas to anything that he's in. He really does. He's got that fucking, uh, I don't know, man, like all the way back to Prince Baron in Flash Gordon. He's so good. There's a lot of really good actors in that movie, but like he's really good from from the beginning to, you know, to to the present. And if you haven't seen him in James Bond, do it. Seek it. Yeah. Seek it out immediately. Like license to kill is just the. Yeah. The movies I don't think are that. I think the movies, again, just like this episode, are doing him a disservice. Uh, I think he he is a he Sean Connery is my favorite James Bond just because that's my James Bond. But Timothy Dalton's to me is right there, at least beside him um, for a different level of what that character could be. Showed us the way that that character should be portrayed. And it always felt like uh, like a betrayal that Pierce Brosnan got to do the sort of more fun James Bond movies, because I think if you had stuck Timothy Dalton in any of those films, uh, as lighthearted in places as they were, they still would have been better with him as James Bond. He's, yeah, he's phenomenal. So let's move on to the final episode of season four, Curiosity Killed. <laughs> so glad you could drop in, kill seekers. Don't worry about me. It's only hearse when I laugh. <laughs> Oh, oh, boy, that was good. It's even better than hang gliding. <laughs> of course, some folks would rather keep their feet on terra firma, like the people in tonight's putrid piece. They're spending a nice quiet weekend in the woods, going hot to nature. <laughs> I call this fetid fable curiosity. So Curiosity Killed is directed by Elliot Silverstein, written by Stanley Ralph Ross. It aired September 16, 1992, and it stars Kevin McCarthy, J.A. Preston, Madge Sinclair, and Margot Kidder. But good God, you wouldn't know it because the makeup in this episode takes away everything good that could possibly come of it, which is nothing. And the episode centers around a an elderly couple 
out on a retreat with another elderly couple who happened to be looking for the secret to youth and regaining your youth. And of course, it wouldn't be Tales from the Crypt if things didn't go awry. And you know what, Father Malone, I'm going to beat you to it. This is a Tales from the Crypt story. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, Tales from the Crypt number 36, um, uh, written by uh, Al Feldstein and uh, uh, Bill Gaines, and drawn by the amazing Jack Davis. Now, having said that, it is based on a Tales from the Crypt story. However, it bears virtually no relation to the comic that it it, it uh, uh, is adapted from. Have you read the comic? I have. Yeah, it's insane, right? Yeah, oh, it is. The comic book is a woman who begins to suspect that her neighbor, her like husband's best friend, like their neighbor has murdered his wife because he she hasn't seen the wife in a while. And she's noticed that the that the husband has now taken up with homing pigeons. He's got like a coop and he keeps sending out pigeons and where's the wife? And it turns out that the husband has killed the wife and has been cutting her he cut her into tiny pieces, tiny enough that a homing pigeon could carry the pieces away. And then he would go to that location where the homing pigeons were going to dispose of the body. And that she's next unbeknownst to her, although it becomes evident in the final couple of panels that they were going to kill her and do the same thing to her. What a crazy fucking story that could have been magnificent and not a... I, I don't know... The, the, the makeup on this episode is so bad. You have Kevin McCarthy, who is admittedly pretty old at the time. You've saddled him with two other actors and Margot Kidder and the slathered on the worst kind of old age makeup you would ever see and as if seeing Margot Kidder in this old age makeup from the opening frame you know okay this episode is about her regaining her youth somehow right I mean oh yeah why else why else would you have her in it and put her in this makeup and talk about doing a disservice to an actor we only get to see Margot Kidder for what 10 seconds in the fucking finale before she's eaten by a dog yeah, like, 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 let's throw in this twist here at the end where she gets eaten because she's denied these people not only their youth, but they end up dying because of it. But they were doing the same thing to her. Like, it doesn't feel Twilight Zoney. like everyone is going to get fucked at some point. It, it felt like we have to throw the twist in here because it's Tales from the Crypt and we need a twist. Whereas, like, her putting one over on them was enough of a twist like why does she have to be killed by the dog at the end i don't know oh and that's the thing i I don't understand is none of the characters are redeemable not even remotely no and so it's just bizarre to me yeah they're all fucking assholes and she's sort of saddled with those assholes i mean she's not that great a person herself but she's certainly not what they are and like to have her you know, get a comeuppance for effectively dealing with a bunch of people who are pricks and don't deserve to relive their lives and be pricks all over again. Like, you know, it felt like a cheat. Well, and that's the thing about the the episode that really I walk away from this episode feeling is how bizarre it is compared to the original story and what like a what a zero note episode it really is. There's no notes to this episode. Nothing happens. Like literally nothing happens for twenty three yeah, right. minutes. It's like it's like a it's almost a bottle episode. Like we've got like one, maybe two locations. They they just are talking and then they're out digging and then 
you know, I don't know. They're drinking some shit. Like, wh- and then what? they turn into the fucking uh, character from Last Crusade, and they just blow up into a b- bucket of bones. <sighs> Boy, sure. don't they? And Margot Kidder's here doing the stereotypical bitchy wife thing. Yeah, like... As if we've never seen that before. Oh, man, that that shrewish wife. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, an innovation in uh in in writing and performance. Like I don't know. What we've said this a lot. You got to wonder who's fucking running the boat, who's you know, steering the ship here. Like this is how you're going out? You this is the episode. It's a little over a year until the next season in real time, and this is this is the bad taste you're leaving in everyone's mouth. Like, yeah, like, so now for the next six, nine months, a, a year, you're like, oh, I can't wait for Tales from the Crypt to come back on because it really left an impression on me. Like, no. And what's funny is about that, like, I, I don't necessarily remember, like, seeing this episode and thinking those thoughts, but I did have a sense at the time while I was watching it and it was airing, like, I don't necessarily need to tune in every week. Like, you know, if I miss one, uh, that's okay. You know, like... This is the season. This is season four. They should be all awesome. Well, and that's the thing. This episode, and and I quote, to quote the Bible, sucked a fat one because it, <laughs> it, it, it had. It, there's so much going on that's bad. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And there's so many angles to look at it as being a poor episode. It's the finale of season four. We're essentially halfway done with the show at this point because there's only three more seasons left. It's the... It's the only time that we get to see Margot Kidder and Kevin McCarthy on the show. And they're both fantastic actors, and they're completely wasted. I mean, I could go on. I mean, it's just everything about this episode is just atrocious. Yeah, all the wrong steps you can take with the Tales from the Crypt episode are in evidence here. And... Especially reliance on really poor makeup. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, go to town and give us... You know, I could I could maybe look past the supporting characters' makeup not being great if Margot Kidder's makeup had been great, but even that is not great. It's just like a slowly melting wax figure, and that's old. It's real bad. Little yeah, little big man. This is not. This is a, you know, this isn't a Dick Smith level of makeup going on here. This is just good enough, which is I think a good metaphor for this season entirely. Good enough. Does it have the twist? Okay, cool. So let's actually get to that. So like yeah. we do at the end of every season, we talk a little bit about the season as a whole. And I think you've already gotten straight to the core of it. And I know this season took us a little while longer than normal because we took a little bit of a break. Our schedules were very busy as they tend to become towards the end of the year. Unfortunately, the holidays get kind of get in the way of being able to do podcasting consistently. And, you know, that's that's just the way it goes. And boy, you know, I think you're completely right. Yeah, it's good enough, right? I mean, that's sort of the 
the feeling. Like, does it have this, that, and the other? Okay, go make the episode. And the ultimately frustrating thing about that is it seems like if they had just taken an extra week or two and worked on the script and gone, wait, what are we really saying? Or what are we really trying to do here? Can't we just layer in something else? Then it could have been to the level of some of the greater episodes. Um, And like this season, more than the other seasons, I I think, uh, in retrospect, have episodes that are based on stories where the story is better than what we got. Like, that's weird. Like, it's not so weird when you see a movie based on a novel and everyone's like, the novel's better. It's like, of course the novel is better. You have much richer characters and denser plot because that's what you can get away in a novel and you can't necessarily get away with that uh, in film. These are based on comic books that are maybe eight pages long and you can go to town and enrich those stories. And here, in a couple of cases... The stories were so much more interesting than what they ended up delivering. So I don't know, man. Well, especially in the especially in the last case with that final episode. Good God in heaven! Yeah, like that particularly, like that the the story it's based on is like so bizarre. Uh, you know, we had a there was another episode that like the, the the original comic was like told from the perspective of the house the, the sort of haunted house that it was going on in like that's interesting like i don't know like <laughs> well let's not forget this season was also weird because we had three episodes in this season that weren't at all in any shape or form tales from the crypt that's true we got we had a we had we had a trio of two-fisted tales that you know, was a pilot for another television series that they just sort of crammed in and gone like, again, good enough. Like it's as close to Tales from the Crypt as it can be, right? Like you know, there's some kind of a twist in there. Like they're ghost cowboys. That's Tales from the Crypty, right? Right. Well, you know the. Sure. Yeah, like it's more. It's I more Tales from the Crypt than the other two episodes. Certainly. I mean, one is a straight up war story with a bit of irony, and the other one is just. Uh, an action thing that has no irony in it at all. It's like the least Tales from the Crypt that you could possibly get. Just people driving fast. Like, that's that's the plot. So, I mean, I... I under, yeah, and I, I, I understand that, you know, these are the producers of the show, and they got that pilot made, and they don't want it to just go to the wayside, so they want it to be exhibited in some way. But at the same time, like... Those are, I mean, I like yellow a lot, so I'm not going to take anything away from that. But like the other two, those are two spots where we could have had another adaptation of a horror story, a supernatural story that would be more in keeping with the Tales from the Crypt EC tradition. And they just kind of pissed it away. Well, and you know, well, that's the thing. The thing that's weird is this whole, there is this kind of three episode respite of things that are not tales. But I do think you're completely right. This is the missed opportunities season. In every way. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, you know, we normally do this at the end of every season. If you've been listening along with us, at the end of every season, we've been doing this thing where we talk about our favorite episodes and our least favorite episodes. Can you even pick a favorite episode this season? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the name is escaping me right now, but the uh, the the Christopher Reeve episode I thought was worthy. I thought, uh, yeah, you know, okay, yeah, it, I it, think that's got to be it, right? That or split personality. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I mean, you know, look, th- there was no episode this season 
every season previous to it, there's an episode where I could just automatically point to it and go, that's a great episode. This one did not have a great episode. It had episodes that were good enough. And I think in that case, uh, that that particular story, like I enjoyed it sort of beginning to end. Like it, we, we've already mentioned, but like the comedy episodes on Tales from the Crypt tend to be played really broadly and not uh, are, are not effective in any way. I think that's the one episode that kind of the actors and maybe the, the director kind of grabbed the tone that this is a comedy episode, but we're going to play it straight and therefore let the dark humor sort of percolate as opposed to just like wacky sound effects. Um, so that's my favorite episode this season. Well, well uh, you, I think you agree with me, right? Like I completely agree with you. I mean, split personality is a close second, but that's just because I love Joe Pesci uh, as an actor. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be what's cooking because thinking back on it, it the way I think about episodes of this show like being quality is do I when I think about Tales as a show, do I think about this episode when I talk about the great episodes? And if we're going to create like a, a, a playlist for the show, which I think probably towards the end, we should maybe come up for like a playlist of like a best of for the show for people to watch as like a, you don't need to watch the whole show. You can just watch some of these episodes. I think this would make the playlist. I think I, I, yeah, what's cooking. I, I think split personality might might make the playlist. But as for everything else for this season, I think split personality and what's cooking are the only two episodes that would make the playlist of episodes worth watching from this season. Yeah, let's uh, let's pick a worst episode. Can we possibly do well, it's that? Not, it's Is not even like a worst, right? Like I think it's like just the episode that. I think failed the hardest because I don't want to say worst, right? Because uh, you know it's just it was a failure of an episode. The one that's the biggest yeah. failure, <sighs> I don't want to say Curiosity killed because it's too fresh. No, it's it, yeah, it, and, and it's not that bad. It's just like it's bad. It's almost so bad that it's not even anything. Right, it's just kind of there. Like it didn't like anger me. Uh, let you know, it didn't. I didn't feel like I wasted my time with it because there's something to draw from it, but. Um, for me, it's the, uh, God, the, the, the Blythe Danner librarian murder episode. You liked that episode though. Did I? Yeah. That's the fucked up part. It is a bad episode. I I told you. See, you have come around. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back on it, like, you know, that's, it was just kind of there. Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, honestly, probably, I don't know. The King of the Road. No, I've got I, it. I guess I've got it. it on a dead man's what chest. Oh my god, you're absolutely right. That is ridiculous. Doesn't even feel like a Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, that episode is legitimately awful. Yeah, real bad. That fucking guy is so unappealing. Yeah, I take it back. Blythe Danner, I love. She's, you know, I can I can watch her doing whatever. Um, but yeah, that. Oof. And William Friedkin, like it's it's uh, it's disappointing on so many levels. Yule Vasquez. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, what a uh, what a mess. What a mess of a season, and what a mess of an yeah. episode. It's it's one of those things where, like we've had this conversation. It seems like we have this conversation more and more often. I remember this show a lot more fondly than it somewhat even deserves. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and I mean, look, I've said we this love before. this show. We wouldn't be doing this. If yeah, we, we didn't. do. You know, like I, I can go back. I, I'm I'm sure I feel the same way about. 
like X-Files. Like at the time I was watching it, I loved every single episode. I think if I were to go back and sit and watch all 22 episodes per season, I would say these three are great. These two are okay, and then the rest are just kind of filler. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm with any, you. As as someone who who has gone on the record as saying multiple times that the X Files is their favorite show, which it is for me. And look, let's not kid ourselves. You know why I've never done an X Files podcast? Why would we? There are so yeah. many X Files podcasts. The Kumail Nanjiani right. X Files podcast essentially got the show back on the air, and he went on the show. And was part yeah. of the show and part of the cast of the show. So at this point, I would say, and I don't know how you feel about this, there's no need for another X-Files podcast in the history of podcasting. It's just, unless you can do something truly unique, no one cares about anyone's opinion on X-Files. And unlike with Tales from the Crypt, where there are several other podcasts, but it's not like the market has been cornered. No, and all those others are garbage. <laughs> 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 okay, but I'm not going to go that far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll do it for you. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not good. This, you're listening to the best one if you're listening to the show. Um, but it, it is like, you know, like, let's do, you know, like, I have a movie review podcast. Like, let's do one about Jaws. Like, what the fuck can we say about it? You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it's and done, look, man. And like, we're creative dudes. Like, at least I think we are. But that's confirmation bias. But even we can't say anything about Jaws. Or Close Encounters of the Third Kind is a good movie. Yeah, it, it is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, good. And and anything, you know, to attempt that sort of thing, like, okay, we're going to do a podcast about Jaws. Like, we would have to contrive something new to say about it. And it wouldn't necessarily have anything to do with the movie. Like, that's what most sort of latter day, like, film criticism tends to irk me because... Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come at it from this uh, like completely bizarre economical angle. Like, who cares? Like, they're it's digging. A good movie. They're really digging. Yeah, and it, you know, you you don't want to die on the hill of like criticizing something just so you can. Like, it's just. Or maybe yeah. you do. I don't know you. Maybe you do want to do that. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying maybe One. you do. Yeah. But it, it's it. If it you want to com- do that, go ahead. It comes back to with this show. The lack of creative direction is getting in the way of the show being great. And it's not for lack of source material being amazing. Nor is it the lack of talent behind and in front of the camera. Exactly. That as well. this, This has no excuse to be great week after week. It really does seem like there's no sort of... Too many chiefs, you know what I mean? Not enough Indians or something. Like, you know, like too many people like going, yeah, okay, that's it fine. It takes a lot it's to good, make I, a stew. Too many right. cooks. This, too many cooks. Anyway, I don't want, I, you know, I we, we tend to just sort of bag on the series at the end of every season because of this uh, flaw in it. Does not diminish how enjoyable the series was watching it for the first time. And I'm sure if you're watching it for the first time, you're going to get something out of it. Uh and there, there is a lot to mine in these episodes. There's a lot of really good ones that keep us coming back. So, Well, no, here's the thing. I'm actually going to walk that back. I'm not sure there are a lot of really good ones. The good ones are good enough that we come back. Yeah. Like, but aren't there a couple the of The Man Who ones? Was Death is a yeah, legitimate that's, that's, masterpiece of TV filmmaking and TV storytelling. But, like, I'm not going to remember season four, episode five, Beauty Rest, ever again. <laughs> Oof. Right? 
Nor should you. Yeah. That's my not point. Good. Like there, this is, this is not verging on X Files territory where there's 25 episodes a season, but somehow with only 13 to 15 episodes a season in the second season's case, 18, there are episodes of this show that are just atrocious. And they're only yeah. 23 episodes long, or excuse me, they're only 23 minutes long, which is the even more bizarre part. Yeah, you know, I'm more forgiving of like an X-Files where it's like, well, you know, th- they set out each season and they want to tell these, you know, 15, 16 stories and then have to fill in the gaps. And you go, OK, well, that's a lot of tele- that's a lot of television to have to produce in a season. This it's a half hour. It's a different story. You can do whatever the hell you want. You've got great source material to draw on. You've got a lot of talent behind it in front of the camera. Why isn't it fantastic every single week? It should be great. There is carte blanche given, and you know how we know this? Because Curiosity Killed is nothing like the story from the comic. It's, I'll just it, use the title. It, exactly. Like, this episode as might as well have been called something else and just said... You know, we we it could have called the fountain based on anything. Yeah, I mean, it had nothing to do with anything. Somebody contrived this on their own. It, uh, come on. There's so many good stories. If they had just done the actual story, it would have been more successful. Yeah, 100. percent I 100 percent agree with you. And it's just, it feels almost like a, a Tales from the Crypt like tacked on too. Oh, it's about the yeah. fountain of youth. Who cares? Who cares? This is so far from Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, like, if if this is what you drew from Tales from the Crypt when you watched the show in preparation to write a script for the show, you missed the mark. Big time. Yeah. It's a bummer. I mean, look, it's it's not the worst thing that's happened to the show, <laughs> is it ending on a the fourth episode, or the fourth season, ending on a sour note. But it's not great. It happens. It has, yeah. and it will Skip continue it. to happen, because one of these seasons is going to end on an episode where they use Humphrey Bogart's face. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> and that is ostensibly the end of the the show being created in the United States, because that's the right. final episode of season six. Wow. Yep. You murderer! They were talking to Zemeckis. He killed the series. So. Just so you're aware what the next episode is going to be, Father Malone, would you like to tell everyone what we're going to be talking about in our next bonus episode before we get to season five? Absolutely. Our bonus episode, which you'll be listening to next week or two weeks from now, uh, is the first theatrical release uh, under the Tales from the Crypt banner put out by these folks. There was a Tales from the Crypt movie that we've already discussed in a previous bonus episode. We're going to be talking about... Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight with uh, William Sadler and uh, Billy Zane and uh, Jada Pinkett is in there. Charles Fleischer is also in there and uh, directed by Ernest Dickerson. Um, oh, I'm excited to talk about it. It's uh, it's a great movie. I like it a lot. And I know you don't. I do not. Uh, I'm going to watch it again. Uh, there are parts of it that I find very appealing. There's a lot of concepts in it that I like a lot. Um, uh, I, I, I feel, oh, well, we'll talk about it in the episode. Big Billy Zane. Let's just put it that way. And it is the show. And it is, I also believe it is the movie's 25th anniversary. Yay. So yes, it sure is. Film came out in 1995. 
I'm looking forward Sweet. to it. I, I really look and maybe rewatching it with critical eyes is gonna is gonna change everything. But I, I do I do know that Demon Knight is the reason that I am doing this podcast because oh many years ago I sat down and watched Demon Knight because I hadn't seen it forever. And I remember thinking to myself, man, it would be cool to talk to William Sadler about <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. And then here we are. Lo and behold. And Lo and behold. Did. William Sadler talked to us. If you haven't heard that interview, it is the first episode that we ever did. And we talked to William Sadler all about The Man Who Was Death. I think still my favorite episode of the show. Easily. So until then, where can people find you, Father Malone? Uh, check me out on my YouTube channel, Ot Five Films, my show you've never seen. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, you can check that out. You can also hear me over on Dreams for Sale, the Twilight Zone '85 podcast about the only good iteration or uh, reboot of the Twilight Zone uh, back from back in 1985. Uh, and occasionally, you can hear me over on the Culture Cast uh, guest guesting. I'm a I'm a I'm a permanent guest. It's true. So I've heard. It's a real thing. You're there. I'm there. Make sure to check me out on the one season show where I talk about TV shows that only lasted one season with my good friend Jess Byard. She's been here when we talked about Creep Show. You want to know why we didn't finish talking Creep Show? Because I don't think any of us could make it through it. Yeah, it was real bad. You can also find me on the Life and Times of Barney Miller, a Barney Miller podcast where we talk about the TV show Barney Miller. That's it. Those are the places you can find me. ChroniclesFTC.com is where you can find. Us on the internet, Chronicles FTC on Twitter as well. Big thanks as always to John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, for interviewing with me. You're going to hear that interview next season when we talk about Oil's Well That Ends Well, the first episode Father Malone and I ever recorded together, and we ended up just redoing the entire show. Um, yeah. We're closing in on it finally. We're, we're almost there once again. And a big thanks to him for doing the intro-outro. Thanks to him for the intro for Chronicles from the Crypt. We'll catch you on the next episode. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.